Welcome back to another episode of the Huxley Morton podcast, the show where each week we speak to pharma company owners and industry leaders sharing their stories of personal and professional growth. Now, this week on the show, we do have an industry leader. It's Mr. Adam Walker, uh, often my co-host, but no one else. Um, So as a bit of a flip to the script, uh, this week, Adam is kind enough uh, to actually come on and share our stories. So Lucy and I, uh, Lucy Gilmore, my my co-founder at Huxley Morton, um, to treat you all to, yeah, how we got started. So Adam, um, I normally introduce other people, but look, over to I'll you. Put, I'll put you I'll put you guys both on the hot seat. So, so firstly, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to ask some questions to you, James, because I know over the last few months, we've got to know each other quite well. And obviously, not so long ago, we also met in person. And it felt like the right time perhaps to just turn it back on its head, like you said, and ask those questions back to you two, because I think what's clear to me working alongside you both is that not only are you gaining traction, but there is a, a story behind the story. And I think that's probably interesting, perhaps to our podcast listeners and certainly to our followers, because, you know, ultimately this is about human, the human story. And um, so how about I ask the first question, which is what you normally do. So give me a little bit of background to yourself, James. And Lucy, as to how Huxley Morton came about, because I think I think it's interesting just to hear uh, the, the name as much as anything else, but also you know your your um, route into the into the industry, because that'd be great. Sure. Well, look, I guess um, how did we get into recruitment? God, it's, it's going back now. Lucy and I originally used to work together um, in the city of London, going back maybe 15 years yeah so we've we've worked together before um not not in recruitment we were actually uh selling photocopiers and phone systems james was in sales i was in uh project management um and uh then james left uh and you actually ventured into recruitment i kind of i fell fell into it adam i guess um we were both doing quite well in, in the, the world of, of sales and I guess IT sales photocopiers. Um, Lucy was running the project management team. I was running the sales floor, both doing, I would say, pretty well. City high flyers, um, I thought kind of at the time, out every night drinking, absolutely loving life. Um, <laughs> I got into a bit of an argument with my boss um, and ended up leaving. Um, so he wanted me to... I guess overcharge and then even more overcharge a charity um, and almost take next to no commission for it. And I was just kind of like, I'll just rip up the contract. I'm not bothered about that. Like, um, so had a big running with him and ended up kind of, it was almost like the master arguing with the junior that he had trained for about eight years. Um, and then the next week I was, I was out the door, didn't know what to do. Um, ended up speaking to a few friends who had said, look, you're, you're a good talker, you're a good communicator. Have you ever thought about recruitment? And my opinion of the recruitment industry wasn't overly high, I have to say. Um, but I kind of, I went for a few interviews, got offered, I think every job everywhere that I interviewed. Uh, but one of the places uh, I had a relationship with um, the, the CEO, uh, had you know gone to the gym with him a few times, ended up working there because it was people that I liked. Um, yep. And that is, I guess, where the first bit of the, the recruitment journey started, um, kind of working for someone else. Uh, I was recruiting freelance engineering and construction professionals all around the world. Um, you know, if it was a needle in a haystack type of uh, gig, that was that was it. Uh, so that's how we first came across it. I then yeah. left that company. Lucy was still at a former I, yeah, company. Quite I, stressed, weren't you? Yeah, I, I stayed on. Um, and yeah, to say it got stressful, it, it, was a, it was always a stressful job. It was really long hours. Um, and uh, at that point, James had, had already left recruitment as well. And it got to the point where I was really unhappy as well. We were kind of at that point where we wanted to start a family. And um, we just sat down one night and said, like working in the city and having a family and working at the level we were wasn't it wasn't going to work so how could we work this so um we kind of just thought well why don't we try it for ourselves why don't we set up our own company um and have and, a family 
and have a family. So, and, so for and, our listeners, if they're not aware, it, it, it's fair to say you're, you two are an item and you are now a family, right? Yes, yes. Correct, so, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 probably should have started with that. You probably should yeah. have, yeah, but don't, don't all now be writing in and pushing me for this ring. I get enough of that from my friends and family. Um, but we have been together now, yeah, 11 years. So, um, yeah. Um, so we, we uh, yeah, we started off um, from our, our bedroom uh at our, our spare room at our old house um and basically just started off the two of us obviously i'd never done recruitment before so it was a complete learning curve for me um i had to learn sales i had to do cold calling which i was not comfortable with at all and to be honest i still don't like doing it i've kind of managed to eat myself away from that bit these days but um yeah so um but it it, it worked didn't it we um uh, it was a it was a culture shock I think for us as much as anything as well because obviously we've been used to traveling you know we used to get into the office for most mornings six thirty in the morning we'd be in the city wow. um, and we'd get home at sort of seven eight o'clock at night so it was a real culture shock to to not have that commute and I would say it probably took a couple of years to kind of get our head around that didn't it. Um, but yeah, it, then... was, it was strange, wasn't it? I, I guess we were still trying to mirror that mm. city lifestyle of being busy yes so you know we we would get up at before having our, our son axel we would get up at 5 a.m every morning and go for a walk yeah for an hour and a half before then getting having some breakfast and still starting work at 7 30. yeah so you already had the routines and you already had the yeah. behaviors around that and you adapted that then to a to yeah, your own so, situation. So rather than the train commute, we did a we did a an hour and a half walk around. <laughs> it was great because it clears your mind, it gets you focused for the day. It was like, kind of like a, a meeting for us to talk about our, our plan of action, our strategy. Um and it worked really well. Um and then yeah, then the I guess the company has kind of we ran it as a lifestyle business um for what three years at least and then we were just we were starting to think about gearing up a level and coronavirus hit um yes. which kind of turned turned everything of everything uh, upside, upside down. down really for us so so when you say it was a lifestyle business that doesn't sound like recruitment it sounds like you pivoted have you pivoted no in, in the sense of a, a lifestyle business was that it was just James and I. We wanted to keep it small at that point, fit yep. it in around our lifestyle, albeit, oh, to be honest, mean. it was pretty much work, work, work. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it was, but it was, it was different. It, it was different. You know, we didn't we didn't uh, have regimented hours. Um, obviously, when Axel came along, it allowed us to, you know, share the care. It wasn't a case of it was just all on me. Um, you know, James could help out. Um, and I guess just enjoy that first year as well of, of having a, a baby. So that was that was perfect. And I'd say it was when Axel came about one years old, wasn't it? We decided, OK, I think we're ready to now maybe transition this from a lifestyle business and, and get other people on board and make it more not corporate, but, you know, a little bit more. Um, add some, add some add structure. structure, some of what we had had, but doing it in our own way, because I think that the mm -hmm. reason that we ended up getting into recruitment was because I had, I guess, as I said, fallen into it by chance and an argument mm -hmm. from my boss. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it wasn't necessarily planned. Um, and I, I was terrible to start with um, in recruitment. You know, I went for, I remember kind of interviewing with, it was a, a James Kahn group. So from, from Dragon's Den and I interviewed with um, sort of a few of the, the COOs of, of the group and they were really impressed. They were expecting loads of big things. I did next to no money for three to six months. And they were kind of like, who is this guy? He's making all these calls. He's doing all these, these things. Sounds great, but he's getting nowhere. Um, and uh, you know, I was racking my own brains. I was like, I always used to be the top salesperson, but what's going on here? Um, so I asked around and, and everyone was saying, look, you need to be networking. You need to be building relationships on the candidate side of things, not just selling to, to clients. Yeah. Um, so I just started taking all my energy and got into that. And all of a sudden, just all of that groundwork and that compound effect of just doing ridiculous amount of phone calls and, and networking over that six months and, and, and onwards, just spiraled. And then overnight, I went from kind of zero to hero. Yes. The, the top biller in, in the firm by a long way. 
uh, and then never looked back. Um, but towards my end of my journey there, I just wasn't getting challenged anymore. I was almost doing a four day week, spending Friday in the pub, doing a bit of admin and preparing for the following week. But oddly enough, that seemed to almost pay even more dividends because of, you know, planning. You've heard the um, saying, you know, fail to plan, <laughs> plan to fail. But that yeah. Friday planning and relaxing element almost set me up to do even more business. Um, but I just really wasn't enjoying the fact that they were asking me how many phone calls I was making and how many interviews I was booking. I was like, have you not looked at the sales board and how massively far ahead I am? I just got frustrated with it and just wasn't even enjoying it. You know, I was earning a boatload of money, but but not enjoying it. And we'd always planned to run a business of a sort. Um, so I left before even having a, a job to go to, did some sales training and then kind of got pulled back into it. Yeah. Um, and then Lucy jumped on board and we kind of created that structured lifestyle routine uh, before then deciding let's let's take take this to the next step and start employing some people. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because there, there has to be something that gives you the push. I've had a similar experience myself several times, actually. And ultimately, the drive within you, you can take anywhere whether you have a taskmaster and someone who takes skims off the top or you do that for yourself and you have those principles and you have the work ethic, no one's going to put that there for you. If you, if you haven't got it, you, you can't put it there, but it sounds like what you, what you're describing is you're between the two of you, you, you've always had that work ethic. You've always been motivated to succeed. And I think it sounds like ultimately it's been driven towards, you know, gaining, gaining the most from that capability that you have between the two of you and that drive and motivation i think it's, it's yeah. just being busy isn't it yeah. we don't we don't like the idea of almost relaxing too much you know i, think I get i get that yeah. I, I do get that i mean for our listeners I, I i don't know whether they're aware but i know that you get up very early in the morning and you do lots of exercise don't you james <laughs> well yeah. i like i claim claim to you know it's not not been, We've been all too relaxed. good recently yeah. but um yeah we just we like to be busy yeah it's yes. just something that keeps us going on and the thought of having a kind of a nine to five job for us now um is just odd you know I'd rather work all the hours under the sun for, for my own vision and, and, and business and, and with loose than you know almost a couple of hours for, for someone else where yeah. I have to answer and report mm -hmm. in and you know that probably explains why I was an absolute nightmare to manage um, previously, <laughs> but it, it, I, it's, I, interesting. It it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it, it, you find a way that it sounds like you found a way that works for both of you, for your family and for the business, but also as, as you're growing that out, how do you, how do you ask then your staff to work within that structure or lack of structure? How do, how do you, how do you put that to your colleagues? Um, well, I guess it's different, really, isn't it, for them? Um, a lot of our a lot of our staff at the moment are starting out in the industry, and I guess almost need that structure. Um, and so, I mean, we're not, you know, we're not clocking on, you know, where are you, sort of thing. There's an element of trust there, um, which I think, you know, in in itself breeds people to want to work for you or with you. I mean, I say for you, we always, we always say that people so, well, work with us, yeah. don't we? I, I, we don't I hate ever, the idea of we, someone referring to me, like when our guys yeah. you know, book meetings and they're like, oh, I'm going to book book, my, book you in to speak to my boss. I'm like, oh, yeah, please don't call, please don't call me yeah. that. Just say your colleague or, you know, yeah. or James, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. yes, we, we have a structure for them because I think when, you, when you're starting out, you kind of need it. Mm. But as soon as they start getting their results and if they're getting their results, for me, structure, kind of, you plan your own structure. Mm. That's what we're trying to create is almost a whole set of entrepreneurs. And if yeah. they end up going and working elsewhere in future, fair play to them. Mm. You know, it's it's tough. We we struggled yeah. ridiculously at the beginning. Mm. Um, and I can't remember if I've told you, you know, some of the stories where we were staying up till midnight to put brochures together, like almost a, a PDF brochure for a client that wanted our company brochure back then yeah. and we were like a company brochure we don't we don't have one yeah but i will that, get one if it means cool. signing some terms of business and doing a deal with you i will get it 
and that was the pair before of us. the days of Canva. That was <laughs> looking back now, it's almost laughable what we put together. But it got the deal, it got the job done, and it and it did win some other business off the back of it. Oh, it was but... awful. I have to send you it. You will laugh. <laughs> it is absolutely terrible. But that's but, yeah. I think that's our mentality. Like we're we're doers. If we yeah. say we're going to do something, it will get done. Mm. It may not be perfect, but it will get done. And I think that that was probably one of our first moments of real joy in the business because we went for, for ages yeah. with no money you know I'd, I'd come from working four days a week and sitting in a pub on a Friday and outperforming everyone to nothing and thinking I would just pick it up probably a bit arrogantly and getting nowhere you know we were worried about we were kind of watching the pounds and, and pennies go down mm. as to how many months mortgage and bills have we got we got left, we got yeah. left. and it was getting to the point where we were going food shopping I was like hmm do we buy two packs of potatoes or just the one? Do you, you know, could, yeah. could we mix it up with some salad? And, and it was, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think presumably over the last 18 months, two years, things have been different for you. And mm. over, over the course of that time, I've seen your efforts increase significantly. Has that reflected back in the business and the interest that you're getting to Huxley Morton right now? Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, yeah, it was, as, as I was saying earlier, we were, we were looking to level up um, at sort of the, you know, pre-COVID times. And then it, it all fell off a cliff edge with, with yeah. COVID. And we've had to, we've had to really reinvent ourselves. I mean, um, we were doing engineering previously um, and that literally ground to a halt. And we probably, didn't realize it at the time, but we were probably feeling the impact of that sooner mm. than the most um, yes. because um, it was kind of, uh, I think we went into lockdown in the UK around March, but it was actually sort of January. We came back after Christmas thinking we're gonna have an amazing first quarter to the year. I mean, we had so much business in the pipeline and then gradually just things kept dropping off and we were like, what is going on? And it really wasn't until March um, because even clients weren't saying to us this is happening because um, we do a lot in the APAC region but nobody was really talking about it at that point until it literally you know we were shutting down in the UK and then everything sort of fell into place and we were like oh, okay and 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 literally all our business that we had um, prepared for the the first quarter of that year literally got None wiped of off the board um we had taken on someone and we had to let them go and um yeah it was it was kind of a time where we were like christ what are we gonna do um but then we we thought no we're just gonna keep going and um we we just got our put our head down um we put together a training guide um, because we knew we still wanted to take people on we thought well well it's, it's a bit quieter let's just Get, Do it all anyway. the, get all the training together get get the manual time mm. yeah. um and then i think it was in in the july um of 2020 we then took on um someone um because we just thought we're just going to go for it um and it was them that came on and then had the kind of they'd worked within the recruitment previously and covered life sciences and he said look i i've got this network you know this 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 could work for us i mean this is this industry is moving and it's moving at the moment which was you know what we needed to hear because i think the recruitment as a whole across most sectors had had literally ground to a halt as well yes. so um we we looked into it mm. and um we kind of went from there really didn't we and it was i guess it was it was funny because we didn't know what we were getting into um but we kind of had just a lot of belief in, our, in ourselves. I think, you know, when I mentioned earlier that, you know, at times we were struggling about wondering whether we were gonna be able to pay the mortgage. At that time, because of our healthy earnings from previous uh, years, we got massive tax rebates from, from the government. And yep. the sensible thing to do at that time would have been bank it, cash flow for the business. We didn't. We booked uh, a villa out in Spain, um, in Europe for the whole family and pay for everyone to go out because we were like, we've been working ourselves to the bone. Let's just, let's, we, we didn't know that we, we had that money. So we were kind of like, easy come, easy go. Let's, we spent it before it even hit our banks. Took, <laughs> took, took, took the whole family away because we're like, you know what, we, we, we'll make it. 
And lo and behold, when we were on that, that holiday, I think it was two or three deals came in and we were like, mm. right, everyone, we're all going out for lunch today. And they, they were kind of like, look, you don't need to, you've taken us on holiday. We know that business is, is tough at the moment. We're like, it's okay. We've had faith and we've been rewarded for it. And deals came in. And I think the same thing happened when we, we took this guy on and we said, let's do, yeah. let's do uh, recruitment for clinical research. He explained it to us and the similarities between a construction project and how a clinical trial project is structured it's almost identical mm. all that we, changed, we had this conversation didn't we exactly we did. to that all point. that changed yeah. was the the job titles and i was like well if we can find the top experts in construction in the world and get them to fly from you know timbuktu to afghanistan and wrap that all up in a package for you know a, a client that may be sitting in in manila we can do yeah recruitment for clinical trials in the US. And it didn't phase us because we, we were used to the international element. Um, so we got into it and mm. yeah, we've I guess, we, yeah, we've not like, looked back since. It's, it's come it's, with its own different challenges, but yeah. it's been so enjoyable. And we like that, that busyness of, of the, the build. You know, we've learned so much. And I think that that was, it, it was almost like we, we went back to startup mode. Um, but it's been such an enjoyable learning curve for both of us because well, we're, we're learning a completely new sector and we're meeting so many you know, new and um, interesting people like yourself and, and the guests that we've had on the show. Um, so yeah, I think by doing the podcast has been a great way to get ourselves well immersed within the industry um, think, and find yeah, out quicker right. than maybe just hiding behind a screen and occasionally talking to candidates uh, and clients when we've got a job we, we we just wanted to throw ourselves into the thick of it i guess was the the reasoning behind that mm. I, I think you know there's 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 some real common threads that that run through as, as you say james you know between engineering and life science that there, there aren't huge amount of, of differences but i think as i've said Life science industry is quite conservative. People don't really embrace change very, very well. And you tend to find very segmented behaviors and, and styles of individuals. And what I think I've recognized, certainly in, in the time that, that we've been working together, is really that understanding of how to open up opportunities and how to disrupt and influence and challenge that status quo, because that's what I'm seeing and hearing, certainly on all the podcasts I've been involved in and those that I've listened to prior to that and the first time that we came into contact was when you reached out to me James wasn't it via LinkedIn and what a platform that's been for you I mean the amount of likes and shares that you're getting on on that platform right now is is incredible and I think it's fair to say that you know through the influence of of podcasting but also I think getting under the skin of the industry very quickly you're you're gaining an awful lot of traction and I I see that and feel that through the activity that I'm seeing on LinkedIn, but I'd love to hear that more from, from your experience as well, because you know they are different engineering and life science, but at the same time, there are, as you say, an awful lot of similarities, aren't there? Right, and it's, it's a case of, I spoke a moment ago about the fact that when I started to do well in the engineering world of recruitment and just, or just recruitment, it was not off the back of necessarily being the best. Uh, it was perhaps just being the most consistent and prepared to, kind of do the work knowing yeah. that it will pay at the back end. So I think, yes. you know, when I first reached out to yourself, you know, little to no clients, little to no experience of the, the life science and industry, just not being afraid to, to ask questions. And by doing the podcast, I've immersed ourselves, both mm -hmm. of us, haven't we, in yeah. just what's going on. And the podcast as a platform yes. itself has now allowed us to rack up hundreds like hundreds of hours mm. speaking to company owners and industry leaders sharing their stories of what they've done in a business often they've had to listen to, to this story and, and as as we've talked away but it's it's been fantastic and it's it's networking and yes some of our guests have gone on to be, to be clients fantastic others it's just an interesting story um and yourself look you know you and i talk almost daily whether it's via uh, email text or, or on a podcast show ourselves and it's just I think sometimes the world of recruitment I explained this when Lucy first got into it is that so many recruiters are too busy trying to show how intelligent they are with big yeah. fancy words 
And that's just not us. No. You know, we're kind of old school. We sold photocopiers and phone systems or as a business we did. It was very yeah. much 1980s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was get in there, do a deal. Yeah. You're a nice boat. And there were so many characters in that uh, industry. It was fantastic. But just that not go, taking that almost brashness into recruitment mm. and just saying, you know what? I don't know everything. You guys that we're recruiting are the technical specialists. Tell me, tell me about it. Exactly. That's the questions you often ask, isn't it? I, tell me, tell me how you do your job. Tell me what your job is. Mm. What does it mean? And actually, I think that was where, where it really resonated with me. But also, I think you've just hit the sweet spot because what you identified and when you, when you hit at the right time was people desperate within, within this industry Desperate for connection, that's the first thing, but also desperate to have a platform with which they could share information to people because we weren't going to conferences anymore. We weren't able to jump on planes and we certainly weren't meeting anyone around a water cooler. So mm. this is the water cooler. Yeah. You know, this is our current day water cooler. And if you don't like it and you're not comfortable with it, then I would say that many of those people will will have struggled over the last year, 18 months. And, and I think... Where, I, where it really resonated for me was you were the first person that contacted me about doing a podcast. And at that time, and I still do, as you know, I love listening to podcasts. I think it's one of the strongest and most powerful mediums that there are right now to listen to people, whether or not you want to watch it or whether you want to listen to it when you're walking your dogs or do whatever you're doing mm. when you're listening to your podcast. What's interesting is you can engage and your brain works in a different way. As you said, Lucy, you know, when you walk and talk, it's different. Mm. Your brain does different things when you're walking and talking rather than when it's all face-to-face -face contact. Mm. And it embeds different types of knowledge. And, you know, we've talked about some of the, the podcasts that we both love listening to. Mm. And they all seem to hit those marks and those levels. And I think that's what you tapped into brilliantly when you did and how you've continued to do that. Because I think that's what's driving not just the listenership, the interest, but also this is the new normal. You know, if you're not doing this, you're not doing anything as far as I'm concerned, whether it's recruitment or engaging with key opinion leaders in this industry, this is the way that people are talking and, and sharing now. So yeah, I mean, I it has to be this way. I would definitely recommend our listeners to kind of embrace LinkedIn and certainly the, the job seekers out there is get yourself on LinkedIn, Massively. get posting um i mean we kind of follow a system don't we james of posting uh personal uh personal post um a valuable, valuable valuable post, post and then a credible and post, an incredible so. post. Um, and that's kind of i mean we we haven't made that up by any means that's you know we we've we've actually invested in a marketing course um to to teach ourselves because we appreciated um how much more uh, LinkedIn is getting used these days and how yes. much more that can help as a business you know the days of just being able to pick up the phone and, and cold call people essentially it, it works still to a degree but really growing um, that network is through LinkedIn is through speaking and connecting to people there um, so we, we kind of follow that system of getting posted up regularly I guess it's getting your name out there and getting people to see it and whether it's you know, they're actively reacting and, and liking or commenting on your stuff or whether it's subconsciously because they're just seeing your name come up all day. It eventually, I mean, it's it's not going to get win yeah. any too many quick results, but over time and the consistency, and that's one thing that both James and I are good at, is being consistent, um, you know, eventually it will all pay off. Um, and we're starting to, to see, think, to the, see the rewards. Yeah, and it. it's, it's slowly, slowly. I think it's a case of, like, we're very much happy to accept that there's a season to sow and there's a season to reap. Mm. You know, we, I think when everyone else was cutting back and saying, what do we do? Do we furlough staff? Do we do this? We were like, no, we've got a strategy. We've, it's happened before. Yeah. We didn't know what we were doing then. You know, let's just go for it. It will work let's if we if we load what we know. If you do the right things. It, the right things will will, will absolutely come back. Come back and there, there was there yeah. was a stra strategy for everything. So like the LinkedIn strategy, the you know how we approach things. We took on new innovations. You know, I, I treated you to a um, one of our little Loom videos. We, I mean, we use that internally now for for training. We never used to do that because we did, didn't necessarily have to, but 
remote workers, do we struggle with training? No, mm. we, we speak one-to-one. -one. You get a training um, video straight afterwards for any recap. So some people pick things up fast, some people don't. You know, They can watch it at their own speed and then come back to you with a question. It's so many little things that our business, we probably wouldn't have done in five to 10 years um, if yeah. we weren't faced with that big obstacle of, of COVID. And I think if anything, we've come out stronger for it as a business that is now going to be more scalable um, and it will just continue that strategy. I think that's the point, the scalability, because when the world opens up and it, we're already experiencing, you know, here we are in towards the beginning of August, you know, when the world opens up even more, the face-to-face -face and the personal contact, I'm sure, is, is something that you'll then build upon and, and start going to conferences and seeing people when that happens again. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that I think you've proved, you've proved and continue to prove that there are other ways to, to, to slice a cake, aren't there? This is the point that, uh, you know, you've just got to think outside the box. Where some people see a closed opportunity, others see where there is risk, there is change, there is opportunity, isn't there? Mm, and I think that's what absolutely. I've seen in, in, in both of you and in, you know, in the, in the time that we've been engaged together. So that's great. Um, so so with regards to, to the business now, is it fair to say that, you're on an upward trajectory over the last, you know, nine months, you said you nine to 12 months, you've had some challenges. Is that now starting to reap rewards? Are you, are you seeing far more um, bang for your buck for that investment of time and effort and in, investing in, in new team members? Slowly, slowly, yeah. Adam, like I, I would say you can always have more and we're, we're, we're ambitious. We, we, we don't, I guess, celebrate success easily. Mm. we're yes. quite hard on ourselves aren't we yeah right? we've had a, we've had a few small wins but i think we've i think we've still got a way to go as i said i and as we learn i guess first time around starting a business you know five nearly six years ago it is slow and effectively we're now back in startup mode so um yes. it's it, it's all working we're seeing positive signs it's we're having these conversations um, and I think, yeah, in the next six months, we'll definitely start to, to reap the rewards um, of our hard work. But um, it's, it's difficult because you, you do find yourself getting frustrated um, because you can't, you know, you're, you're feeling, oh, you know, we're doing all this and it doesn't seem to be paying off. You know, where are we going wrong? Mm. Um, but then things do start to fall into place. And I remember it from the first time round. So I'm just, you know, I, as I said, I'm just keep Wait, that belief yeah, keep, keep that, that belief. belief maybe we should book another you know, holiday yeah that, <laughs> you know well, when it works <laughs> that what 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 struck me when when you contacted me was quite how much um traction and how many people at top tables you were interviewing and getting on your podcast that amazed me not because not because i didn't believe it was possible but actually i didn't realize how accessible these people were either mm -hmm. And, and I think that's what's been shown to me is actually, if you knock on people's doors, you just never know what's behind or who's behind that door. And as soon as you open that door, it's a whole different level of conversation, isn't it? Very rapidly, you're, you know, within a, a very short period of time and a conversation, you're getting under the skin of that person. And they also are seeing it as an opportunity and a platform by which they can then pivot themselves. So that, you know, it, it really does work on, on many, many levels. And that's what I, I've seen particularly. But, you know, there are people that you've interviewed that first series, you know, Craig Lipsit, Scott Stout, my goodness me, these are all people I now would would claim to know, actually, who certainly 12 months ago, the, I the podcast know, has ended I now up being, have he heard them. I was just about to say, Adam, the, the podcast has almost been like its own mini recruitment network because <laughs> you and Scott are now connected. I know that um, Scott, when he um, spoke to me off, off air. It was kind of like, oh, is there anyone that you think might be good as a bit of a farmer celebrate? I was like, you know what? I think I know a guy, <laughs> you know, Craig Lipsit, teed, teed them up. You know, there's been various connections that we've made, yeah. but that's just yes. kind of, you know, what like, it's what we do for a living. Yeah. Uh, but also we're just, we, we quite like to facilitate stuff, um, knowing that what you put out, you, you're going to get back. Um, yes. And it's been, and we've talked it's, about that as well, haven't we? It's been great fun as well. Yes. So, so what are you learning? What are you learning about this wonderful industry that I've been working in for twenty-five years? What, what are you, 
What do you People think about are so it? So much nicer in in pharma <laughs> than they are in construction. I have to say. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> Certainly on the client side. Yeah. I, like some of the some of the expat guys that that we know, and you know, a lot of my network on on the engineering side of things, they're they're in their late fifties, early sixties, early seventies. You know, they're kind of looking at retirement, but they love what they do. Really nice yep. guys. Will fly out anywhere at the drop of a hat, but. Um, they're, they're amazing. We've, we've actually met up with some of our candidates. Again, talking about that networking side of things, we, we go to yeah. meet them. We've been on holiday and met, met people, gone out for dinner and, yeah. and things like that. Um, but on the whole, yeah. the world of pharma, how accommodating people have been and yes. just nice. I don't know how to and put I it to you. What I'm interested to see is, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it was like before pre-COVID because I, I wasn't in it. I didn't know anything about it. But what I'm interested to see, having spoke, well, I say having spoken. I haven't spoken to any of these people, but I've edited the podcast, so it's safe to say <laughs> I, I know you have, and you've done a great job. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that I'm interested to see. Um, you know what happens um, going forward with with you know people like Paul Sims and Craig Lipsit speaking out about innovations and how we almost need to, I guess, shake the industry up a bit. Um, yes. And I guess COVID's helping in that as well. And like you were saying to Paul um, the other day about the fact that you know no one ever thought it was going to be possible to turn that vaccine around within a year, but you have. No. So. Why can't we now sort of say, okay, let's focus our attention on a cure for cancer. I mean, that to me is amazing. And I want to be involved in knowing about it and knowing the people that are involved in that. Cause you know, yes. I, I, that, that gave, gives me a real buzz to think that that could be the next thing that, that you guys are all working on. And I kind of guess why, why shouldn't it be if we can, we can get a vaccine, um, yeah, let's start working towards all those other, you know, big, big killers out there, I guess. I think I think you're absolutely right. And and I think, dare I say, I'll I'll I'll, I'll maybe I'll ask the question. <laughs> I, I think there is a common thread between the people, certainly the people that I know in, in pharma and, and in and around life science and clinical research. I think we're all passionate about what we're doing. <laughs> and that's what gets us out of bed in the morning. That's our ultimate drive. And that's what drove me into this industry, as you well know. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that I um, wanted to do anything else. I just wanted to do something for patients, for people, and be in and around medicine and de development and technology and all of those things. And I've been really fortunate over my career to, to have been able to kind of circumvent and, and navigate my way through that to a point now where the industry has never been more buoyant, never been more interesting and exciting and vibrant. Mm. There is so much focus on it externally in and internally out, you know. So, so the point I'm trying to make is that people who work in life science support clinical research and are there for the patients. That's what gets them out of bed every morning. Mm. And overlaying that with the fact that this has now become common language in the public domain you know we turn on the news every day and we see data we see patient data we see vaccine data we see mortality rates all this kind of language that would never have been in the public domain before is now everyday common speak we're looking at it we see it on online news whenever we turn on the news and and i think that is always and also driving this dialogue and the conversation around it so Hopefully, I, I, I'm hoping that you're picking up on the passion of oh, the people who are supporting. I think you've you've nailed it yeah. there. And just listening to you speak every time you're either on the show or anyone else that comes on the show, that's what screams out to us. And that's the that staggering difference between yeah. the two industries that we've had yeah. experience in is that construction, money, 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 money. People, <laughs> buildings, buildings. People, people kind of down, come down, particularly yeah. freelancers. Whereas I think everyone we speak to, it's just that it is that common vision, common, let's get together, we can do this. And COVID has, has kind of proved that. And you hear that from, from everyone that we have mm. on the show, I think. There has never been a time like this. As I said to you, you know, in a 25 year career of working in and around this space, it's never been a time like it. It's never been more interesting, exciting, varied and challenging. And and the only limitation I've found, this is my experience, certainly, the only limitation or challenge I've found is that there just aren't enough hours in a day because there are more clients than I could ever service. Um, 
and and I think this is this is the point I wanted to make to, to both of you really is around that you know do the right things and it will definitely reap its rewards and and I think the you know the focus that you've got is absolutely spot on around people communication and providing a platform because people are going to listen they're going to come back and they're going to want to be on this this is the other thing when you pick up when you're picking up um, a phone or, or email or whatever you're doing these days, I'm sure you're not getting many, I, I, no thanks, it's not for me. I mean, how many people do you approach that say, actually, no thank you? Because I'd love to know that. Not many. Not many. No, yeah. it's like, I mean, we get the occasional no response and the, the odd person messages about a little bit, but otherwise the uptake is mm. incredible. Yeah. And, and it's, again, you know, we, we kind of love it now. Yeah. It's, it has... What started off as a complete side gig, and you know, it was it was kind of killing two birds with one stone. We were learning, um, offering a platform, um, whereas now it's kind of like it's just become part and parcel of the business. Yes, you know, it's, yeah. And and, and and similarly for me, my evenings, a couple of evenings a week, seem to be this. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's really interesting. Sorry about that. We've hooked you in as well. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's fine. Um, what what I was also going to say is I, I think probably you, you will find that most of the people that you're dealing with are very black and white mm. they're, they're either a yes or a no there's no grey we don't do grey we just get things done yeah. and if we say we're going to do something that's what we do um, now I can only speak for my own professional network but certainly you know the hundreds of people that I've ever worked with in this industry are very similar we have very common threads that run through us we just we're quite factual objective get stuff done you know we we're not high maintenance and, individuals generally, I would say. And that suits us down to the ground because that's yeah. that's what we like. Doers, if you can say you're going to do something, do it. You're like, just do just, it. Just get it done. Like just that's do just gives you so much peace of mind. We got back to that sport. We got back to that sport analogy, didn't we, James? And I haven't even asked you about your boxing. <laughs> I, I wanted I wanted to actually tap into some of that background of 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 where you got your initial drive from as well because. I know, I know that boxing was at the beginning of that journey, and, and maybe we can touch on that as well as to how that gave you that initial driver motivation. Okay, I think it, you know what it was? it was? It was the challenge and trying something new. I was, as a school kid, probably that annoying individual that was just naturally gifted when it came to running, football, rugby, you name it, yeah. I was in the sports team, normally the captain, calling the shots. Um, and I did fairly well at several sports. Again, kind of similar to how my business life went, really. I started playing top-level football or soccer, for, for those of you tuning in from the States. Um, but got dropped from the team because, effectively, I was too short. I'm five foot three, probably on a good day, a pair of heels. Um, What's that in centimetres for our Europeans? Oh, uh, 158 in wow. centimetres. So pretty, okay. pretty, sure. pretty minuscule. I'm the same. Um, <laughs> but again, I, I saw it as, it was an obstacle at the time, but it was also, like a, a book that I've just read, The Obstacle is the Way. It was the way forward. I was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to complain about it. It is what it is. I, if I was the coach, would probably make exactly that decision. What can I control? I was like, well, I could control what sport I do. I'm pretty good at most of them. Yeah. Why don't I do one where that's not a barrier? Got into boxing. I think in my first year, um, I was national champion. I, I, I think it was, it was a record in, in the amount of fights that it took um, to, for someone to, to win a national title. I think I did it in seven fights and I was national champion. I had a couple of people pull out in later rounds and kind of it was a bit of a fluke but every time it was it had never really been done before and it just went from there so after my seventh fight I was boxing on the national team until the point I had kind of eight 80 odd fights and you know traveled around the world international boxing tournaments lo losing weight which was horrible but I think that's you know it was just that drive it's the discipline just, isn't it just that wanting to just excel in anything you're doing so being a doer you know hadn't used LinkedIn until last year now I would say we're we're, we're okay it we're, we're active if I'm doing something I just want to be as best good as, as I can at it. Wants to be the best I, it I see that <laughs> I, I've seen that I've absolutely seen that driving you and I, and I, I know that must come from somewhere um, it's interesting because uh, I did go to school with someone who was a boxer, 
but he was only ever going to be a boxer. <laughs> and I don't think that's you. So I, I think you're very different in that respect. I think he, he also was quite successful in, in a boxing career, but his driving motivation was very different. I think for him, it was it was something to do with what was going on in the playground, to be honest, that he found his skills. But I, my, I, I sense that might not be the rivalry as well, maybe, Adam. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm one of four, so I've got um, two brothers and a sister. And again, we're all very competitive. Yeah. So yeah. my brother now runs um, a fitness gym entrepreneur. My younger brother is a freelancer, um, SAS programmer. I'm a younger sister. He's a stunt performer. You know, we've each kind of wanted that independent. Yes kind of thing and, it's and they all have exactly the same drive they're all you know want to win so um yeah it always makes it very interesting when <laughs> Christmas, when I, Christmas can be fun yeah <laughs> when I see the two when I see the two of you I see I see Axel's head in the middle of the picture of 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 the two of you because yeah. I think he has he he has some incredible um, opportunities to to build on some of the successes that you're yeah. teaching him. Clearly, yeah. whether or not he realizes it today or not is another matter. But I'm sure he will in the future. Maybe when he looks back at some of these, he might. He uh, might also sometimes we, that. we we regret that Adam because he's definitely <laughs> on a few of our characteristics and consistency and, and and grit. When he doesn't want to give up, is is certainly one of them. Some days it's a killer. <laughs> I mean, you've given me some great insight and, and, and I'm very conscious of, you know, we, we seem to have nattered for a long time and, and actually just, just bringing you back to the overall, you know, bigger picture. What, what, is that, what is that bigger picture looking like, do you think, do you think over the next year or, year or two for, for Huxley Morton and, and the company as it goes forward? Where do, you, where do you see it going? Is it going to be life science? Is it going to spin out into other fields? Have you thought about other opportunities as well? I think, I think it'll still be, it'll be life sciences. Yeah. You know, we like it. Um, we seem to be disrupting the, the industry somewhat. We're having clients jump over to us because we are a little bit unique. We've approached yes. them in a unique way. We're getting them different results. You know, recruitment, it's all tends to be the same. But I put out a post the other day. It's it kind of, it's not what you do. It's the way that you do it. And, I like that one, by the way. And, and I like that. <laughs> and it is very true. Recruitment, yeah. you have to find people for jobs and vice versa. But it's how you do it. It's the energy you put into it. Uh, you know, when we when we approach people, it, it may be via a voice note. It might be a, a video. It could be all host of, of different ways that people say, oh, I've never had someone approach me that way before. I'm going to give you a shot. Mm. That's how we get different results. Just nothing revolutionary. Yeah. But you've just got to be able to put yourself out there, I think, sometimes. Yeah. It's it's sometimes just moving the bar. And as I say, you, you're dealing with a lot of very, um, dare I use the term, conservative people who are used to dealing with the status quo. That generally, I don't know, you stick with one recruiter and they tend to follow you through your entire career. You build up one contact that you met at one conference 20 years ago and they're the same person that you go back to every time you're looking for a new job. But that is honestly what you're dealing with. I was going to say, it looks like you're eking to say something. I was, well, was, was going to thinking, say, um, we would, that's the other thing we would like to do is get out to some of these conferences and actually yeah. meet people. Hopefully, we'll have been an, enough of a face on all these platforms <laughs> that people will actually recognize us, even though we're, we're quite. I, I guarantee that will be the case because it will be the, it will be, ah, you're the person. <laughs> or they will come to you and they go, oh my god it's you oh you look so different on the screen yeah. you know that kind of thing so I mean, i've got to can, can i get a selfie <laughs> well I, th I think also in terms of the the general direction of, of the business i would say i'm more of the the day-to-day -day, one step at a time type of guy so i'm like what's going to happen next month are we going to hit target for that are we going to book enough meetings have enough interviews get enough offers etc etc lucy is the the vision for, for the business where you know where is it going to be in five ten years that's lucy's drive like she almost kind of sets that bar and then almost just i get after it and or as a team we do but like yeah. lucy's kind of been great at drafting the big vision i, mm. I think you know even from naming the company and you know the early days of what are we going to do with it lucy's kind of been the, the thought mm. generator on, on a, a lot of those things i have to say it's interesting because I think in any in any working or professional or personal relationship, you need a yin and a yang, don't you? You need to fire off one another's positives, negatives, different behaviours. Because if we were all the same, it would be not only very dull, but actually we'd just be reflecting back mm. what we see. And what I think 
I recognize with with both of you and actually with with what you're doing generally is that you are not only disrupting but also challenging and trying to spin those things on their head and I think that's where the opportunities lie because as we've said you know we we're, we're dealing with we're dealing with a lot of fixed fixed knowns in this industry that's what you're learning and clearly are understanding very rapidly and and the more you can kind of flip that on its head I think you know the the, the more traction you'll get ultimately around that but um I think it's doing our, we're great doing insight. our best, Mr. Yeah. Walker. We are doing our best. We're, 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 we're all doing our best. So, so I guess in the interest of time, it comes to the, my favourite part of the conversation, which is, of course, the quickfire round. And um, in this bit, you'll remember this bit, James. This is where you ask, ask the interviewee um, some, some, some quickfire questions, and we're looking for some quickfire answers. So I'll give you both the opportunity to answer them from, from each of your perspectives and uh, maybe give our listeners and our, our followers some interesting insights outside of what we've already discussed today so um i would suggest perhaps ladies first then lucy so what is the piece of advice you would give to your younger self from from what you've you've learned um i would definitely say um don't worry as much um and uh, i say it all the time but i am a firm believer in everything happens for a reason um i mean i, have, I say that i still have to remind myself of that every, every now and again um but yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I spent growing up, you're always worrying about things. Um, and, and I guess probably today uh, in this day and age more so than, than ever. Um, but yeah, I guess what I've learned is just to, to almost try and just go with the flow and, and not get caught up uh, worrying about too much um, because a lot of it is out of our control. <laughs> um, That's right. And, and I've always found that even, you know, situations where I've worried myself, you know, silly, everything actually does always work out in the end, whether it was the what I was expecting to happen or even if it wasn't what I was expecting to happen, it's all worked out in the end and sometimes for the better. So, yeah, don't don't worry so much is my top tip. That's great advice. And James, how about how about for you? What what, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? If it was younger by about five minutes, I'd maybe think that I should have briefed Lucy, Lucy on the, the term quick fire questions. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was not so quick fire. Um, and I, I'll also should add to that that I'll take that comment back. Um, but yeah, for me, I thought should about I this. Should I out, by the way? That's going to be edited out, so don't <laughs> yeah, worry. I, I thought about this. And for myself, not sure, probably it would actually be do the same again but set more goals. Yeah. I always seem to hit what I, I went after, just didn't set enough goals. So look, it's look amazing at that, that. I, I would just set more goals. It's amazing. And, and I think we've also talked to many, many um, interviewees around that. And we talked about manifesting with several of them as well. And I think Lucy, you being the bigger picture and manifesting those, and by the sounds of it, James, setting perhaps more smaller goals. Yeah. No, yeah, works well, doesn't it? (laughs) There's a great yin and a yang going on there. Tremendous answers. Um, Now, over to you, James. I know we've talked about lots of books, and you've also mentioned some today. But is there one particular book you've got on your bedside table at the moment that you're particularly enjoying that you want our listeners to be aware of? For me, in terms of books and resources, Adam, yes, you and I talk regularly about books and resources, and I would say most recently, probably, the obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday, love that. And it kind of sums up a lot of what I've shared with the audience today. Um, But in terms of general resource, LinkedIn, like for our audience, LinkedIn, hands down, as I said, up to a year ago, barely even used it myself, throw myself in two feet first, as everyone in the business, we've invested in it heavily. And it's been the most amazing thing. It's growth has been incredible. Well, there's yeah. also a lot to read on there, isn't there? There's, it's, it's there's people amazing. like yourself sharing articles all the time. So yeah, that's how we've spent guess, hundreds of hours speaking to industry mm. leaders. That's how you and I are connected. That's how this podcast exists. Yeah. So LinkedIn, book, Brian Holiday, um, obviously all his way, resource, LinkedIn. And, and Lucy, Lucy, would you... Would you... Yeah, also I, share I, that thought. I'm with you, um, Adam. I like a podcast. Um, so my favourite go-to at the moment is um, a diary of a CEO uh, with Stephen Bartlett. And I also like his Ooh. book, um, Happy Sexy Millionaire, which is actually, it, it, 
the title is questionable, but I really like the the book is good. Um, and I also listened to Paul McKenna's, um, I don't know if the Americans will know him, but Paul McKenna's um, uh, podcast. I wasn't he, aware he did one, actually. Yeah, he interviews um, various um, celebs and things like that, and that's that's quite a good one to, to tune into. Interestingly, Stephen Bartlett is someone I listened to for the first time this week. Mm. He was on my other favourite podcast, you know, other to the Hux, Huxley Morton, and that's the oh, High right, Performance yeah. Pod. I listened to him, and isn't he incredible? What yeah. an amazing it's guy. Amazing. What an what amazing in. story. Yeah. Just blew me away. He blew me away. Tremendous. Um, so over to you, James. Three qualities you, you most value when, when you're building a team, and you are building a team right now. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you, you, you've got that connection next door to you, so... Uh, <laughs> three 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 qualities three qualities <laughs> for me um it's, it's all very simple it's kind of common sense is probably the, the first thing i look look for um then consistency so that reliable steady eddie sometimes don't need to be out there you know talent i'd, I'd much rather someone that i can give a task to and know that it'll get done kind of a, a doer um so yeah common sense consistency and then just someone that's, that's good fun. Uh, I mentioned earlier that when we worked in the world of photocopiers and, and phone systems, the characters in that industry, I mean, God knows what they're up to these days, but the, the amount of laughs that we had in the office was just incredible. So people that are good fun. Um, so that's, that's my story. So, so I'm assuming that Lucy ticks all of those boxes, by the way. Yeah. Well... <laughs> 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 and for you, Lucy, what three qualities are you looking for in, in your team? <laughs> uh, no, good, yeah, good, good with the hands. <laughs> yeah, good, uh, good personality and, and trustworthy. I think really yeah. are my top three. I like that. I, I can, I can, I can identify with that. Yeah, trust, trust is a big one on my list as well. Oh, I'm chuckling. I'm chuckling. Okay. Um, <laughs> What, what what's your favorite thing outside of work then um for you james what do you enjoy I mean, doing when you're when you're not working friends family particularly axel um whatever we're doing with him is, is great and again that's why we started the business to work for ourselves was so that we could do just that you know working all day making all the money in the in the world isn't everything um of course you know money's there to make you comfortable i would say not doesn't mm. buy happiness so yeah Friends, family, um, and then yeah, keeping fit, going to the gym, and competing in whatever it is, whether it's you know sports, whether it's Monopoly, whether it's a game at Christmas, whether it's, it's getting the most connections on LinkedIn. We oh, do, you know, we do actually track all of that. We track our connections. We track how many posts we've done. We track. We've actually got a, an incentive for our staff on at the moment which is kind of like, you know, get about everything. Get we track it. That. What gets tracked gets improved. So, I know who's winning that. I'm going to guess it's Joseph. Uh, it, you know what? He's, he's not. He's close. He's of, close of the second. Guys, he's second. Wow. Yeah, I think can, he's the one that seems to be making the most noise that I see. But yeah, maybe no, he's very I think good, they're, all, they're, all doing, they're, all doing, they're all doing really well, yeah, like really impressed well. by them. But yeah, I think Lakia might, might. I think might she's, she's going to notch it. it. It, the incentive it, it, prize it, there's is, a few other be... metrics thrown in there and she's doing particularly well I, i'm glad you're well. big on metrics because metrics you know i love data and metrics yeah. are the things that drives all of this and uh you got to know your numbers isn't that I, I don't know who said that but you got to know your numbers yeah um Definitely. so so just just to bring it all all back in full circle and this is probably to both of you so let's see if you can say one <laughs> one golden rule in in life and business that you both both can agree upon what do you think that would be? Oh, I don't know if we agree. Well, we, we agree. kind of, kind of agree, don't we? <laughs> um, well, I would say just be a nice person, really. Just be not be a nice person. If you're going to say you're going to do something, do it. Um, yeah, and 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 just be nice, be kind, and I guess that that will get you in good stead. And uh, yeah, I, I, look, I I agree with that. Yeah, be nice. If you say you're going to do something, do it. But I'd also say. You know, be happy with what you've got, but never satisfied. Always keep that pushing because I think once you slow down, that's when life will just become boring. Comf just comfort comfortable going. chair is not good for anyone. No. no one needs a comfortable chair. 
not until they're maybe 70 and with a pipe. <laughs> and I think, you know, I've, I've probably taken that from, from my dad. You know, he, he did not want to retire. No. He just kept going. He got dragged back into work and then loved talking about the work stories and, and things like that. It's just, I think we're both a bit like that, aren't we? We're kind of, we like yeah, that ever, busyness, busyness. I don't ever see be happy, but don't us be retiring. I never think about that. You know, we've got some friends that are like, oh yeah, it's only 30 years till we got to retire. And I'm thinking, how does that even come across your <laughs> wavelength? <laughs> no, I, I get this. I get this energy. I get this energy from, from both of you. And, and I, I got that before I met you in person. When I met you in person, it was incredibly crystal clear mm. to me. And I'm sure that our listeners will gather that when they have the opportunity to meet you, hopefully in person at some point. But this has been a tremendous insight. I think you've given given our listeners some some real insight into, into what makes you both tick. Uh, the magic behind Huxley Morton and some of the enthusiasm and drive that is continuing to drive the success that I think you're, you're experiencing, but will continue to succeed in the future. So, you know, really appreciate you taking the time today to put yourselves both on the hot seat. And, and hopefully this isn't too too tough to listen back to uh, James or Lucy when, when you're no. back and editing this in the editing suite. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. No, it's been, yeah, been good, good fun. I, I knew it would be. And um, as much as anything, I know who I can contact if I ever want to take a six week European holiday now. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Whatever you do, don't tell anyone. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, as I say, thanks for being so open and honest today. And uh, I don't know what it felt like to be on the hot seat, but uh, now you know. Yeah. Very good. Thanks, Adam. Cheers, Adam. Bye bye. <laughs>